0: What's going on boys and girls we have a terrific episode of two white lights for you today not only are we rapidly approaching usapl raw nationals but we have another huge usapl meet in the meantime that is going to be held in south carolina for the carolina prime time and i have the creator the meet director of the meet marshall powell on so he can help steve denovi and i preview and break down this meets terrific lifters from the Carolinas and other state going to be competing at this. There's cash prizes. There's going to be a top four positioning. And we give our picks. We give our predictions. We led with Natalie Richards and Celine Crum, two of the some of the best 57 kilo lifters in the USAPL right now. Actually, you know, if they total what we think they're going to total, they might get one and two or two and three at Raw Nationals if they were decided to compete at Raw Nationals. We go on to the male side where we have a very, very deep male roster that can definitely see a lot of different changes from 1 through 5. Great preview, great breakdown episodes. We give our picks, we give our predictions. We're of course going to see who is right in the long run. And at the beginning of the episode, we all talk about the importance of networking and how that is going to be vital for these type of meets and the success of powerlifting and the growth of powerlifting. Fantastic episode of Two White Lights. Great discussion. Thank you for Marshall for coming on. But before we get into that, got to talk to you guys about Leffler Bros. Ladies and gentlemen, Leffler Bros has the best powerlifting merchandise in the sport, period. If you don't believe me, go to Leffler Bros' Instagram page and check out all the people rocking the dope-ass designs that they have. T-shirts, baseball tees, dad hats. They got you covered. You are going to look good if you wear Leffler Bros in the gym on the platform outside of the gym. You're going to get compliments no matter what because they have that good of designs and also they release new designs. A lost art in the powerlifting merchandise world is releasing new fresh designs and they constantly do that. And if that wasn't good enough for you, you can save yourself some money if you use promo code 2WL15. The best Powerlifting discount code out in the sport 2 WL15 to save 15% off of your Left Lar Bros merchandise. I'm telling you, you're going to want to buy their products and you can save some money doing it. And if it doesn't get any better, two white lights merchandise is sold on leftlarbros.com as well. That's right, exclusive two white lights merchandise. So we are going to be in Carolina commentating the meet and We also have that merchandise on leftfloorbros.com because people see me at meets, they see me wear it, they love it. You can use the same promo code too, 2WL15. So what are you going to do? Get Left merchandise, get 2 Lights merchandise, use the promo code, save some money and make yourself happy. Also, go to Rivalist.net and get yourself some Rival Nutrition. They might have taken the name and the look and the logo, but... This product, the supplement, is still Informed Choice, which is important for all you USAPL lifters who don't want to break a drug test. Those Informed Choice supplements are important because they have no banned substances. So get yourself some rival nutrition supplements. Use promo code ANGELO20, also a new discount code, ANGELO20, to save yourself 20% off of your order. Also, go to lift.net. And get yourself some Stoic gear. Stoic gear is IPF approved, so you can wear it at Raw Nationals. You can wear it at the Arnold. You can wear it anywhere they have national judges and referees, yada, yada, yada. Stoic has got you covered. I wear Stoic gear in the gym, on the platform, and the only reason why? Because it's the best and also it's the most affordable. You won't burn a hole in your pocket getting Stoic gear. So use promo code ANGELO10 and you will save more money on top of the already affordable Knee sleeves, wrist wraps, belts, singlets, you name it, Stoic has got you covered. Also, make sure you're rocking some Notorious Lift no-slip drip slippers on the platform at your next meet or in the gym if you don't even compete. Because I see people from all walks of fitness wear Notorious Lift slippers, and one reason why is because they have the best deadlift slippers out on the market right now. No-slip drip is a real thing, but also it looks the best people want to look good and power definitely want to look good and they got so many different color waves so many di- different designs that you will look good next time you deadlift or just squat bench whatever you want to do with them you're going to look good but here's the thing you got to follow them on instagram you got to sign up for the newsletter because they do not just release these things willy-nilly they can buy them no matter what you have to be on the lookout for those drops and you have to get on them quick like the second it hits, I don't know, 6 o'clock Pacific time, because that's where they are at, they're in California, your size is probably going to be sold out, because people know that they cannot miss out on the opportunity to get that exact color wave that matches their gym attire and their platform attire, so make sure you are following them and sign up for that newsletter. Also, we are on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, definitely follow on spotify definitely subscribe on apple podcasts leave a five star rating leave a review that's important for the growth of you of two white lights and without further ado here it is two white lights It is Monday, June 7th, and not only are we rapidly approaching USAPL Raw Nationals, we're also getting possibly the greatest like appetizer meat or preview meet for Raw Nationals. Carolina Primetime, and I am joined by of course my co-host Steve Denovi and the director of Carolina Primetime, Marshall Powell. How are you, man? Doing good. Staying busy these days, but doing good. Yeah, creating that primetime meet is always gonna be a busy thing. And I gotta give a little backstory here. I rec- I said this on a Two White Lights episode before, but around last year when we did or when Steve Denovi did the uh, Midwest Primetime. Marshall was at surge in new levels. He introduced himself to me and he's like, man, I love that idea of Midwest primetime. I would love to have something in Carolina like that. And primetime sessions were our primetime at the local meet was not a thing at this time, aside from Steve DeNovi's meet. And I'm like, man, man, I would love to see it. And now we're doing it. Marshall is doing it. He, he, uh, he said he was going to do something and he did the damn thing and we are, uh, when this episode uh, drops, we are six days out from Carolina primetime. You've done, actually, I think even Steve DeNovi would agree, a a more accurate or the goal of a primetime session or a primetime local level meet than Steve DeNovi wanted with Midwest Primetime. And what we've been seeing on Instagram with how you're uh, promoting it, how you're marketing it, how you're getting the athletes out there, how you're sending the invites out. So far, you're hitting a home run, man.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I think it was really, it was kind of funny timing last year. I happened to just be spending a lot of times, uh, you know, outside of uh Carol stream where, uh, where search new levels is. And, uh, you know, I got to talk to you about your, you know, experience and, you know, what you thought about Midwest prime time. And, uh, you know, now it's really kind of coming full circle where I, you know, am, am running the meet now for prime time in the Carolinas. And, uh, yeah, it was really cool how everything kind of, fell into place like it did
0: yeah so so then what's your background as far as powerlifting goes like how and then how did you kind of use that to create this prime time uh prime time meet so
1: i have been uh competing with usapl since 2018 um was kind of when i got my start with that before it was just kind of you know competing at local meets or whatever um but i saw that, uh, USAPL had a collegiate national meet I was in college at the time. I was like, Oh, cool. You know, that, that seems, that seems really cool A national meet, you know, whatever. didn't really have too many expectations. Uh, but then when I went to that meet and, and got to see the setup with the video walls and got to see all of the people that were competing and all the people that I, that I had seen on Instagram there before it was like, Whoa, this is a whole, this is a whole new level. Right these kind of national level meets. Um, and from there it was kind of like, all right, how can we, how can we bring that back to, uh, bring that back to home and kind of, you know, get that same feel, uh, you know, as much as we can. So from there, you know, it's all right, what's the easiest way to get involved? Um, starting with, you know, a state level referee. Um, and then from there you kind of, you know, work your way up from state level referee, to meet director and uh, you know to running these kind of uh, prime time level meets, so it's been you know a while kind of getting to this level from when I first started getting involved, but uh, you know that's kind of the process of, of of how it went for me.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think that's a that's a similar journey a lot of people will go through, especially with the um, with the meet directing role that you're taking on. So. From this primetime meet, what do you what are you looking to accomplish with it?
1: So for prime time, we really want to take the place of regionals or what really everyone kind of expects regionals to be. Um, I you know I don't know if you've ever been to a regional level meet. Um, at least for USAPL, it's um, really nothing that special. Um, it's it it kind of feels like a local meet, but you're maybe traveling a little bit further for it. Um, so we wanted to kind of take the idea of the, uh, having some type of progression within the organization, right? Like, you know, you compete at a local meet, you know, you don't necessarily go straight from there to nationals, which right now you can do. The idea would be, okay, here's this regional level meet in between that you can qualify for by doing local meets. So what we're trying to do with primetime is really make it the
2: regional meet in the Carolinas that everyone's going to want to do every mm-hmm. single year. Something yeah. cool um, to butt in real quick. I mean, this is one of the reasons I want to do the prime time is because, like, I think we all know who lifts in Texas, and we all know who lifts in like that that northeast area and like Maryland, Virginia, New York. But some of the other regions, I don't think we know of like the quality of level lifters. Like in the Midwest, I, I think we're just kind of scattered, and so bringing them all together is awesome. I didn't know how many amazing lifters there are in the Carolinas. It's you got a lot of top level. I mean, you've got we're going to talk about it, you got two lifters who sh- probably would podium at nationals at minimum. Um, so I thought that was really cool too. Of got you guys being able to see kind of highlighting how much quality lifters you have there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and it was really, you know, cool to see how many we
1: got, even, even missing the ones that are going to nationals, right. Of course, like Jamar and Heather Connor and Brittany Suplicki. you know, coming out of North and South Carolina, of course, they're going to nationals and aren't, aren't going to be able to do this meet. Um, but even, you know, with
2: everyone that's left after that, we still have, you know, an amazing roster. I wonder too. This is actually not a question for any of us. For USAPL, if you listen, are we still going to do regional meets? I wonder if that's going to be a thing moving forward. I get why we didn't do it this year. I wonder if that's going to be a thing moving forward, or maybe we'll go down more of that pro division route. Well, Let's we're see. gonna
0: we're gonna get more information on maybe a potential state level pro division meet on uh, Thursday uh, when we we interview. Um, <laughs> name, name name pronunciation to be discussed on the show. Sabre or Sabre? I don't know. Going,
2: I'm going Sabre just because the office reference is invaluable.
0: All right, I'll go Sabre to make sure we uh, we have that 50-50 there. But, yeah, I mean, I, I do agree. And uh, I, I, I think just as a USAPL competitor myself, there is no desire for a person like me to do regionals. But there was a desire for me to do Midwest primetime there would be a desire for me to do Carolina primetime if I lived in the Carolinas. So I think what you're doing, uh, one, is a definite smart approach to getting more people interested in those regional meets and just getting more lifters into the USAPL and really giving back to the lifters. Because let's face it, lifters like doing big meets and they like to be rewarded for doing big meets. And they like to go to a meet that has a nice spectacle to it, that has a nice live stream. That has sponsors attached to it. That has big name competitors also doing that. So any chance you can get to bring that to the lifters is always going to be is always going to be well received. And I mean, it started with Midwest Primetime. I think Carolina Primetime is that Second Meet, um, possibly thrown in with the Texas Strength Classic. But that was a impromptu Primetime session uh, that was created. But now you see the Texas Summer Open. They're doing a primetime session, too. You're seeing what's going on in Virginia with the division. I think just by you doing the Carolina primetime, it's starting to spur other people to do the same thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't want to say that I'm over here, you know, influencing anyone or or anyone, you know, necessarily looking at my meat for inspiration. But I think there definitely are other meats that have kind of seen this one and, you know, the other ones that you mentioned and are, are, are making changes to how they're doing things. Mm -hmm. Even other local meets, too, Um, you know, maybe can can see these kind of things and maybe can pick one or two things from there and say, hey, that's something that we can do just at a local meet just to make the experience better. So I think that's definitely something that's happening.
0: Yeah. So is this something you're planning on doing regularly or you're just doing it this year, see how it plays out and, you know, going uh, playing it by ear? So, we're definitely going to play it by ear, but
1: at the moment, it, it looks very likely that there's going to be a Carolina primetime 2022.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. All right, looking forward to that. And uh, and also, I think this is still great for powerlifting, especially within this seasonal USAPL kind of thing. Because what me and Steve Dinovi said in the past is just like, we have we have our big meets, but we have nothing to really keep us occupied in the meantime. And these regional uh, local meets are a great way to do that. And I think even with this, this has generated, generated a ton of interest uh, with just how you're approaching the marketing of it, because I think that's a big thing. I think actually getting on Instagram and, you know, creating some sort of storyline within the meat is huge. And I think that's going to be massive for powerlifting, but also with the you know level of competitors that you could get each year. Yeah, for
1: sure. I mean, I think there's uh, you know, I think that's something, you know, like I said, I think it's something that every meat director can do. Um, it's probably a little bit easier for the ones that are younger, uh, like myself, um, just because I think I understand Instagram a lot better than most meat directors do, just because most meat directors are, uh, you know, a little bit older and not necessarily from that, that same generation. So, uh, but you know, even if you don't necessarily understand Instagram that well, I'm sure that whatever state you're in, uh, you have lifters that that do and that are willing to help out. So I think
2: it's something, you know, anyone can do better. You've done a fantastic job with the Instagram side of it. Like extremely professional, done a great job with kind of the matchup descriptions and the storylines and all that kind of stuff. That's been fantastic. So, um, And one thing I'll kind of point out, kind of getting into kind of like the – Obviously this is for the lifters, but inadvertently, I mean, I can look back on doing the Midwest prime time, even though I, I didn't really have any kind of selfish intentions. I was, I mean, I lost money on the meat. I, I literally was in the red. Um, it, I don't think I'd be on this. I don't know if I'd be on this podcast right now if I didn't do it, it, it awarded opportunities. And was well, I, well, I'll, I'll let you kind of promote it now you're opening a gym. I don't know. Was this something that kind of allowed that to kind of formulate maybe sooner rather than later?
1: Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, It's, uh, you know, like you said, you know, these kind of meets, especially, I don't know, maybe it's something that's uh, just because it's the first year of running it. But I mean, we're definitely taking a loss on this too, right? That's that's kind of how these kind of meets go most of the time, from what I've heard, at least. Uh, But, you know, as far as the gym goes, uh, it was kind of a cool opportunity that came up and it was like, why not, you know, do it now. And definitely having to meet to uh kind of promote that facility also is has been huge um and uh you know we're going to be opening very soon and i think having a large group of people from the area all under you know in the same building for for a business that's uh you know uh uh, for those kind of people is going to be really big for us um so, like I said, you know, it was not intentional. I didn't run this meet for the sake of, oh, hey, I want to open a gym. But it just, you know, it kind of coincidence ended up uh, happening at the
2: same time. Yeah, I didn't run Midwest Prime Time to somehow leech on to Angelo and do two white lights, but it somehow happened. And I mean, I figured he saw my good looks, and there was no going back from there. But, but yeah, I'm I'm, point, I'm bringing that up because in the style we both did it, we're going to lose money. Um, Because there's two ways to do it. You hold a primetime meet like we did or you attach it to a meet that you see entry uh, of lifters that could be a primetime meet like Texas Strength Classic did. And that's how you can make money off of it. But I think both me and you would argue like it was very worthwhile. Like even though we lost money on the bottom end or on the top end of like running the meet, um, inadvertently a lot of opportunities arose to that long term money making ability and progress in the sport kind of opens up from it. Um, that's where I just think sometimes meat directors, um, especially maybe the ones that have been doing this for a while, they just see, I didn't make any money off of it and don't realize kind of the long-term benefit of, of putting on these meets, not only for the lifter, but also for the meat director themselves and kind of the, the opportunities that awards it. So, um, one more plug for you though. What, what's the name of this gym? Well, Meadow State Barbell. And what's, is there an opening date
1: for it? Uh, there's a tentative opening date, uh, next Monday. Um, just because we're waiting until the meet's done to actually open to the public. Uh, but we're not going to have a grand opening until later on in the summer, uh, just because we didn't want to have two big events kind of back-to-back, you know, trying to invite people back to the gym the next weekend after the meet would probably be pretty tough to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of guess kind of a soft open on Monday, and then, uh, you know, a full grand opening, probably sometime around August.
0: All right, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I can't really wait to see that. Uh, I'm, of course, going to get, like, maybe first dibs of the uh, with the training because I'll be there commentating, and then on Saturday I'll be hitting my last session. And so can't wait to uh, check out the facility. And, yeah, like you said, Steve, this is a great opportunity for a lot of people. I mean, what you said, you know, you're attached on to Two White Lights now, but Two White Lights now has benefited greatly off the primetime session. Like, because of your idea of the primetime meet, Two White Lights is covering primetime meets, and I am going to have the great opportunity of commentating this meat. So, it's just it all really kind of that's a, that's the great thing about powerlifting when it's not completely egotistical bullshit is when you create a great idea that other people can find ways to push it further and we all help each other out and that if you get that circulating maybe money is going to be at the end of this stuff.
2: Yeah. Well, and there's a an word attached to what you just said, and it's networking. And that's the, what I, when I did this meet, I knew that's what I would gain is the networking aspect, because you're taking lifters from all over the place, all over the Carolinas, all over the Midwest, bringing them together and being able to create this circle and community of the, the people that are the biggest influencers in that area. And once you do that, there's just a lot of opportunities that arise from that, not only for the meat director, but for the lifters too. Like they, they, they have opportunity. I, I still know a bunch of the lifters in the Midwest primetime. You guys are friends and still talk that you, you never communicated before it just, it just brought together a lot of the people who have a big influence in the area um and when that happens things can only grow from there the more we're connected
0: yeah yeah if you, again if you like from last year if you asked me like you know do you think you would be commentating meets in indianapolis texas carolina california coming up i would be like no why would i even do that but you know the, ne- the proper networking was created and that's what's happening so you know, this is great for the sport. Uh, I'm very excited that you did this. Now we got to do what Two White Lights does best, and that's preview this damn thing. So I think we should definitely start here with the women's side. Uh, like Steve said initially, we have potentially two of the best 57-kilo lifters in the USAPL competing at this meet on the female side with Celine Crum and natalie richards i for one think that is the the main battle the main storyline going into this meet would you gentlemen yeah, agree so
2: we're gonna get the projections there i mean they are both people who are seemingly making exponential progress obviously celine burst onto the scene at collegiate nationals and i'll be honest when i started making these projections i was kind of figuring with how big of a leap celine made i figured she was she was probably going to take it and then i started looking at natalie's training and i'm like not so fast Natalie is hitting some pretty big PRs over what she did in the meet, and I believe, this is where Marshall, if you've got some more info since you might know a little better, I think Celine has to cut, I don't know if Natalie has to cut in the meet, which we're going off a GL score, so body weight, especially if they're both 57 kilo, whoever has the lower body weight is going to have an upper hand from the get-go. Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily have any more info to
1: add as far as cutting goes. Um, I don't really have that kind of information, uh, you know, but I think definitely people kind of forget about Natalie. Um, I think Celine kind of has a little bit of a bigger online presence at the moment. Um, but, you know, the last time that these two went head to head in December, uh, Natalie won, right? So, you know, and, and both of them seem to be making, you know, similar amounts of progress, um, which is really... Insane to think about because they're already both so strong. Um, but definitely, uh, you know, it's, it's, you can't count Natalie out, right? Oh, no. um, just looking at the numbers.
0: Yeah. Natalie has been doing this for a long time. I've been following her Instagram page for a, a long time now. And I'm like, this is a very, very talented uh, lifter. But this happens in powerlifting social media, right? You have the recency bias. Selene Crum is an absolute beast, not taking anything away from her. Uh, she's very similar to Natalie in that way, where she's been a great lifter for a long time. And you saw her gym numbers, and you're looking at it. like She could potentially be a national champion this year if she really, uh, if she was competing at Raw Nationals. And I actually had to ask her why she wasn't doing it. But the reason why she wasn't doing it is because of this meet, so that's pretty sweet. But it's a recency bias thing. She wins collegiate nationals. She gets reposted. She got reposted on Two White Lights. She got reposted on King of Lifts. The Instagram, you know, starts to circulate a little bit. It starts to get out there. Then people don't really acknowledge the other person who's making all that progress, but they don't have a meet to go off of. Uh, I could use the same arguments for when we're doing our Raw Nationals previews. Like, the people who have most recent meet seem to get an upper hand, but then we kind of forget about the other people who are still making progress in the gym, so... Um, I actually think just that, that, competing recently might also be another reason why Natalie uh, gets the advantage. Just longer rest, and uh, it's it's hard to do meets. I don't even know when collegiate nationals and this meet is separated by April eighth. So April how much 8th, is that? Months. Nine nine weeks? Two months? Two months? Yeah, nine weeks. That's that's a short so. that's a short turnaround.
2: So I, I, I thought the same thing. I thought that's a, that's a pretty quick turnaround for Celine. But then when I looked at her training, she's hitting all time PRs. Well, like she's seemingly the machine. She is the machine.
0: So she's a machine.
2: She hit 20 pounds over her meat squat. She hit 10 pounds over her meat bench and she hit 10 pounds over her, uh, deadlift from in training. Now, like I said, this is, this is an assumption talking about weight cuts celine weighed in on the dot 125 at collegiate nationals usually you don't weigh in on the dot unless you were cutting that's just my assumption where natalie back in december weighed 122.5 which either means she cut and she cut even too much or she's not having to cut very much at all and she can just walk into the meet but either way if i'm looking at numbers this is completely inadvertent they both smack dab landed on a projected total of what i got at 1025 and so that's why i'm saying body weight is going to play a big role and then Relevance of 1025, if we were doing, if they were doing raw nats and we were doing a preview show, I would be picking them to play second and third right now behind, behind Brittany Sebliky, I think. Um, but yeah, I've got, uh, I mean, just running through some numbers, like Celine hit 385, 225 and 435 in training. They were like all out grinders. Like I would call them a risky lift in a meet, especially if she has to cut a little bit. So I I pulled back a little bit from that. But even with that, it was still going to be a 10-pound PR on squat, a 5-pound PR on bench, and a 5-pound PR on deadlift. Natalie, she is hitting – she deadlifted 413 by 2, like decently easy. She hit 402 in her last meet. So we can reasonably assume she's going well over that. I think 4.30 is reasonable. Um, she tempo pa- pa- Squat was the harder one. It doesn't seem like she's hitting too many maximal squats where she's not that posting them. She did a tempo pause squat, though, with 3.53, and that was only 10 pounds under her best lift in a meet. And then she benched with a decently long pause, 194 for four at a 7 RPE. Well, she hit 198 at her last meet, and now she's hitting it for sets of four at a 7 RPE with a long pause. So she, she is... Undoubtedly going to bring in more, and uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, without even trying to, they, bo- I had them both projected right at ten twenty-five. Doesn't mean my both, pro- I haven't both projected the pull four thirty. So someone's going to pull for the win.
0: Yeah, and that's a great scenario to be in, uh, especially if you're spectating, if you're watching on a live stream. Uh, pull for the win scenarios are the best, especially when there's money on the line, and that's what this meet is. It's a, it's a money meet. So uh, yeah, I'm very excited to see that and. Really, again, going back to Natalie, she competed in 2020. So a really good, I mean, a, a good layoff there from a meet that you can make improvements on. You have that offseason. They can go and put something together on the platform. Uh, and I think I think that is another advantage that she has above Celine is just competed a while ago, but it had a great meet and still has used that and can kind of, you know, work around that one rep max that she used to make that progress. I, I can tell you as a competitor – those long layoffs, it, it there is there is a point of being too long off the platform, which that's Raw Nationals. That's going to be the interesting thing because a lot of people competed. Last time they competed was 2019. But there is a sweet spot. If you get like that eight months or six months to, or six to eight months to really recover, uh, that meat that could be monster.
1: You know, and another thing where you guys were talking about body weight, um, you know, something that I don't think anyone has really – even talked about too much as far as strategies for these kind of meets where it's just scoring based off points is, uh, you know, you don't really have to worry as much about cutting because if you come in a kilo heavy over the weight class and you have to bump up one, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't matter, right. Because it's all being scored together. So it's not like you're going to be out of the weight class. And if that extra
2: kilo or two ends up helping your total, it might be a good strategy just to come in heavy. I mean, you're talking to the guy who was eating pasta in the line at Midwest primetime for weigh-ins, <laughs> sitting there eating while the other lifters are like dying. Because we actually, yeah, he's eating pasta. I know we have one of the lifters, she decides just not to cut. She actually came up to me. She's like, Do I have to be in my weight class? Like she was she was deciding if she wanted to lose a little bit more weight. And I was like, nope. So yeah, you, you don't have to fit into your weight class. Now, a lot of people will because it might be in a qualifying total or whatnot, but I mean Selena and Natalie are both qualified, so if they didn't want to, it wouldn't be a huge deal, but um, at the same time though, there are people who will maybe cut to get a little extra GL points because maybe you hit 10 pounds less on the platform, but if you can go bump up by two or three GL points, eh. so it can go either way with that. I definitely get what you're saying, but it can go, it can kind of go either way on kind of what you're wanting to do with strategy wise.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, uh, it, go back to Midwest prime time. If Michael Cole de Pietro did his patented, you know, 10 pound weight cut and goes way under 74 kilos then the strategy might have to change as far as good lift points because he did that at Power Surge where he cut massive amounts of weight and that really helped his Wilkes points go higher. So yeah, that, that weight cut can be either you know, it d- depends on how you approach it. It's either you're a little heavier and your performance can be better, or you decide to cut a little bit more and to help your good lift points. Um and actually because his meet never happened, that was um that was being discussed at Sheffield. Was, you know, what like, does Russ need to cut in order to to uh, be successful at this meet, because if he goes in at say 186, puts together massive numbers and beats people on good lift points, you know what what's what's the strategy for him? But that never happens, so we don't really have the uh, we don't really have the data to play with. But that was being discussed by a lot of people: is why even weight cut, or even same thing with Atwood. Why would Atwood weight cut at Sheffield? Because he can be 78 kilos do something nutty total 1860 or something and, you know, still pro- possibly win, uh, win some money. So yeah, that's an interesting point to bring up is with the weight and how they approach it.
2: Yeah. I think that, I mean, obviously we, I think we know on a 24 hour way in less risk. So people are usually going to do it, but now with options of like, um, especially with this meet, at the Sheffield, uh, we're going to talk about a little bit if they're going to do this pro open, in, uh, that's going to be GL score based with no way classes in Virginia. Um, it lends to the strategy of kind of seeing what people are going to be doing, whether they, they cut or not. Um, because obviously with the two hour weigh-in, it's definitely a little bit more risky. So looking at some other competitors, um, I think we can all agree. Celine and Natalie look like they're pretty solidly one and two. Um, we'll come back around. I think we're all going to give our predictions for top four. Um, because I, I don't know if we mentioned it yet, top four get payouts. Um, and what are the payouts again, Marshall? So uh, first place for men and women is $500. Second
1: place is $250. 3rd place is 100 And then fourth place is a $50 uh, Dick's Sporting Goods uh, gift card that we got thrown in at the end there. So we were only going to have top three, but with that extra one we kind of got top four, even though it's not really a
2: cash prize, but okay, we're, yeah. we're counting it. All right. Well, we're going to work through top four and kind of um, just like all these meets, we can't cover every single lifter um, just for time constraints, um, as well as being able to kind of uh, divert attention to what we're looking at with top four placing. But I think we kind of see five lifters who might be battling for that third spot. Um, you might know the names. I, the first one. Do you know how to say this, Marshall? I, I don't. I, it's like Schmetzi on Instagram. Yeah. Oh, Serene. Yes. Is it Serene Gaynor? Metzinger? Yeah, you're gonna get. I don't know if you're emceeing, but have have fun. That's gonna be Kevin Papas uh, (laughs) emceeing, right? Oh yeah, Kevin Papas emceeing. Yes, and then (laughs) yeah, then uh, Mr. Angelo is commentating. So yeah, Yeah. that's that's a that's a handful there. Um, She probably looks to be the favorite for third. It was a bit hard. She doesn't post too much lifting videos, um, that would at least things that would kind of uh, give us ideas of what she may be doing come meet day. I know her last meet, it was, I mean, solid meet, 98.97 GL score. Um, she had said, I believe she was a bit disappointed in her performance. Like, so I, I assume if everything comes together, she's even got a little bit more than that. So it's going to be a little bit tough to catch her. I think she's going to have a pretty good lead there um, going into third. But I look at the four others. And you can let me know some of these are private IG accounts. If you've got any more information, Carl, we got Deidre Power, Michelle Jordan, Olivia Guidone, And the one you really brought to light because she actually came in as the lowest ranked lifter, Brandis Day, whose gym lifts are massively over what she did in her last meet in 2019. Yeah, she's definitely
1: been putting up some crazy stuff in the gym. Um, You know, in you know, gym lifts aren't always going to. uh, Well, I shouldn't say always. Are almost never going to. You know, be one to one to the platform, right? So, uh, you know, you can't necessarily just look at that. uh, But just off of her numbers, I think it's almost two hundred pounds above her previous best.
0: Yeah, which that's very possible too. Um, I, I think with that's why COVID COVID years have kind of have kind of dictated, you know, people's progress a little bit or kind of skewed people's progress as well because the last time he did compete was 2019. And, you know, two years can can give you enough time to put together a massive total or make massive improvements on your uh, your lifts. I think even just going from our previews with uh, Raw Nationals, I think uh, Cameron Smith is one of the best examples of this uh you know competes 2019 has a very good total but now in 2021 he's obviously figured out a lot of things and he, we're talking about him potentially being top three in the most competitive weight class in uh, the USAPL, arguably the most competitive weight class in the usapl and 93 kilos so with with uh with uh uh this particular lifter i think that you know it's it's very possible he can break into a top three because it's been a long time since he's competed
1: Definitely, definitely. I mean, there's going to be a battle in the 76s no matter what.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, because they'll be looking at 76s. You've got Livy Guadon, Melanie, Henderson, and Brandis Day all looking right around like 950 to 1,000-pound total. Like they're all right about there. So that will be very close. And like, that could come down because I've got – if I'm just doing projections, looking at fourth place, I've got Deidre Power going in fourth. Um, based off of looking at, she's she's had some pretty significant improvements over what she did in her last meet in 2019. Um, she hasn't competed since Raw Nationals, so taking that, I, I, I'm probably going to choose Deidre for fourth. I think she's probably going to have pretty good improvements over that. She looks like her training is going really well. Um, some of these other competitors um, competed a little bit more recently. Um, so while they, and the one that's kind of a, a like uh, a big question mark because I couldn't find – I don't believe I could find an Instagram account. She hasn't competed since 2017 as Melanie Henderson. That's the big question mark there because that's that's part of the battle there because Olivia Guidone, Melanie Henderson, and Brandis Day, they might be able to be the ones that kind of jump and challenge Deidre for that four spot. And like I said, Melanie is the question mark. I don't, I don't know much about her, but she competed at Raw Nationals in 2017 since then, was very competitive then, and hasn't competed since. Yeah, I'll say I don't really have uh, much more info
1: on on Melanie. Um, I don't think she really posts any lists. Um, at least I haven't seen any. Um, I think when that battle with the seventy sixes, I think I have to pull for Olivia just because we uh, we share the same coach, so we're on the same team. Uh, but you know, it really it really could be you know any three of them could could of course jump and, and
2: shout out yeah, yeah, I Trigger trigger Yep. Okay. So. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm going to make my selection there. I'm going to go. I'm going Natalie first. Okay. I, I think they're going to be very close. I really like Natalie's deadlift training right now. And if I had to choose, I think she might have a little bit more top in the pole, as well as I think she's going to weigh in lighter. So, I'm going Natalie first, Celine second, Sarian third, and then Deidre fourth.
0: All right. I. I think I'm going to have to agree with you with Natalie first and Celine second, too. Uh, at first, okay. When I when I came into this, I was really thinking Celine, uh, and in spite of them being close, but I was really thinking Celine. But again, nine weeks, I could tell you right now, that is a really tough turnaround uh, for a lot of lifters, where I think I'm expecting her to match her collegiate nationals performance, which I think you would have to improve upon to collegiate nationals performance to win this meet. So... Uh, I got Celine second, Natalie first. For second, I'm going to go with uh, DJ Power. And fourth, I'm going to go with uh, Metzinger. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, you
1: know, I think I think that uh, I am going to have to say Natalie for first. Um, I think just because of you know at the last meet. And I think they've actually gone head to head twice. And I think Natalie has won both times. Um, I might be mistaken, but I think that uh, I think it's definitely going to be Natalie and then Celine. You know, I I feel like it's hard to disagree with the oracle here. Um, so you know, I think I also got to say Serene for third and Deidre for fourth.
2: Thank you for calling me by my actual name. Also, Angela yeah. Also, still is chokes be, up trying to admit the, the is it, is wisdom this, that I impart.
0: Is this me going to go towards the oracle status? Like, if you're wrong here, is this going to? Uh, is this going to oh. hurt the nickname? Is it going to help? Matt's the nickname? preview
2: show is going to be the real tell, and so far I'm looking good. Since you didn't pick yourself for third, I'm <laughs> okay. looking pretty darn. Look so far, right you're now, looking good. Nothing has happened swat. yet.
0: <laughs> I was like, "How can I, you say you're looking good so far? We haven't even..." Other could, than I'm
2: going to throw this out there, confirm John Gruden is competing.
0: Yeah, that is
2: a, big, a big old one. international man of mystery. Of well, what's going to happen there?
0: Also, hate to throw this into this episode, but I mean, both of us, some real cold takes on Russ's deadlift. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Because I was we, editing we did the episode week, as we did, as he was uh, as I saw that deadlift, and I'm like. Oh God! What we said was just, just not, not accurate. I, I
2: don't, I don't disagree with what I said based off of the information we had at the
0: time. Yeah, of course, no, oh, stand by your takes. But I we stand were by saying like
2: at the time we were saying yeah, like I only Mike see him dropped, in seven
0: twenty two to seven twenty seven range.
2: He mic dropped on us. No issue. <laughs> I have no issue saying I'm wrong. Mike drop. I mean, as well. I mean, like this is just what the issue is of doing it as early as because Gavin Aiden went and freaking squatted seven twenty two yesterday.
0: Yep. Yeah.
2: yeah. I, I, we may be changing some predictions based off of the day he had, but yes, let's get back to Carolina primetime, but we're going to be wrong all the time. It's just going to happen. That's going to be the life. All right, so well, just bear with us and cheer us on, because we'll keep doing the episodes as long as people don't cancel us too much for being wrong.
0: Yeah, which, which we're fine on. As long as as long as long we just talk about them enough and pay enough compliments, we won't get canceled. But, uh, alright, so that'll do it uh, for our predictions. It is going to be a show with the women's side, because I think we're going to get a pull-for-the-win scenario, and there's nothing better in powerlifting than a pull-for-win scenario. So it looks like 9-for-9 nine nine meets have to happen for first and second, and possibly 3-and-4 too, so... Very excited to see that. Now to the men's side. With the men's side, one, looking at this, a lot more male competitors. And with the female competitors, there's less of them. But I don't know, giving shout out to other lifters on the female side. Hello uh, Little, uh, Jess White, uh, all very good lifters. On the men's side, there's a lot more competitors to look at. Pretty heavy on the 83s and 93s. So uh, that's going to be interesting. And when you look at the projected good lift scores and the good lift points going into this meet, uh we have we have around six competitors who can possibly show up and win. Yeah. I don't think yeah. there's a clear there's not a clear one and two no. here as much as the women's side. I think we've got a we've
2: got a clear, decently clear six that are gonna be the top six. Yeah. It's one order. It could be anywhere. And I, I know a couple again, Marshall, if you've got any information, there's a couple here that had private accounts. So I think one of them you just followed Angelo. So you might know a little more information, but um, yeah, I mean, we've got Brandon Petrie and I'm saying it wrong on purpose because he told me last time that I said it wrong. And I said, I said it like that because it looks like the guy from landed before time. And he told me, never mind, keep saying it like that. He approves. So I'm going Brandon Petrie, Andre, and then we've got Andre Easter, Todd Talford, the bench King, Keith McHoney, the IPF King Daniel Morris and Cody Yeager. Those are those are the six that seem to kind of separate themselves. We've also got four that are kind of like you know what they could prove us wrong and show up and we we weren't expecting it. Shane Harrington, Kenneth Campbell, Trey Ricard, and Dominic Roden. They're all kind of like they they're about five ish points away from that top six. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of them could definitely sneak in, um, but yeah, those top six: Brandon Petrie, Andre Easter, Todd Talford, Keith Mahoney. Daniel Morris, Cody Yeager, they're all around 103 to 107, Um, whether it's their prior meets or what we're projecting here. They're they're all kind of in that 100 plus range and seem to be pretty solid in that top six.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with you on that one. Um, Like from really just trying to figure out the order here is a bit difficult. Uh, I'm a big Brandon Petrie fan. Uh, I think he is Really showing himself to be a fantastic lifter, uh, and he's someone who does it right. I think me and Chance Mitchell had this conversation just about lifters who lift the right way and show constant progression. He's one of them. He's one of those guys who show progression, and he's doesn't seem to be lifting for the grand. Doesn't seem to be lifting. I'm not saying these other males are, but I'm just seeing with his... Project, uh his trajectory in the sport he's not doing that he is he is shaping up to be a real real solid competitor
2: yeah and coming back i mean he had a really good meet at nationals in 2019 and then hit the injury bug pretty hard and he got with marcellus um and since then he's been progressing really well and i've loved seeing him he's such a nice dude um he's the one in like the top forest range because like if i'm looking at the people that I, I probably am looking at as like the strongest like Going into this, we've got Brandon, Andre, Todd, and Keith. Brandon's the only one that probably posts enough that we can make some pretty good progressions on. He's definitely hitting some decent numbers over what he's done in the past. I've got him at like a 1794 total, so about like a 20 to 30 pound meat PR. Um, I'm not sure how he'll peak off of his current lifts. If he peaks off of those, and he tends to perform better in the meat, definitely could be higher. But based off of kind of gym lifts and what I'm saying, about 1794, which would put him around like a 107.23 projected score. And if he can do that, that's a pretty good lead on the other guys. But I don't know much about Andre, Todd, and Keith. Keith, obviously, we know at one point he would have blown this meat out of the water. I mean, yeah. he was the goat in that weight class. I think he competed – was he – he was 66, correct?
1: And he's back at 66 now. Yeah. Um, well, right now he's registered for 74. I haven't okay. talked to him recently. Um, I know he, at one point, I think was was thinking
2: about going 66. Uh, but it's kind of up in the air. Right now he's, he's registered for 74. But he might be one of those guys that just kind of weighs in whatever he's going to weigh in. And it might be a light 74, so – Andre is a guy, he hasn't competed, actually. I remember meeting him at the Arnold in 2019. He hasn't competed since then. Um, at the Arnold, That he's the one that I could see winning this. I just don't know the progression he's made.
1: Yeah, he's definitely been a lot more secretive, um, I think, than a lot of the other guys on this list. I think that's kind of on purpose. Um, I think he doesn't necessarily want everyone to know
2: exactly where he's at. Um, come on, it's uh, it's Instagram. If you don't <laughs> post it, it never happened.
0: Yeah. I've been, I've been getting in debates about that recently because Taylor Atwood made that post yesterday. Like, there's a reason why you can't watch the other team's practice. I always found that funny because oh, I'm, I'm going ar- <laughs> to I- make an
2: argument <laughs> off Taylor, he posts enough you can kind of figure it out. Yeah. Well, the- if you don't post at all, you can't figure it out. But Taylor posts enough that you can kind of figure out because you can go look at his rep work from prior to his other meets
0: and compare and kind of have an idea. So if you post anything, you can kind figure it out. My point exactly, but also like if that was a great that was a great strategy that was uh, realistic for me, I'd be like, oh, okay, so I know Russ is going to squat close to seven hundred. I now know this. It looks like I all I have to do is squat seven hundred. Yeah, it doesn't really work in that kind of sport. It's hard to develop a strategy with other lifters when they're that much stronger than you. But um, yeah.
2: As well as pretty much, you're going to do what you need to do until that third pole. I mean, that's yeah, pretty much thing yeah. in a nutshell is hit eight lifts and then come that third pole, see what you need to do.
0: Yeah. Like yeah. getting
2: outside of that gets, it's yeah. So yeah. it doesn't really help too much other than, I mean, just you don't get as many clout bucks and those are worth a ton nowadays. And I, I like to cash those in.
0: Yeah, of course. This is a pro clout podcast. Uh, I would like to admit it too.
2: So did I know you follow Andre as a private account? Did you see any lifts, Angelo, or is he? Is
0: he? Oh yeah, his his deadlift is looking money. Um, he just posted a seven eleven. Kind of he just posted a seven eleven deadlift. Uh, Looks very easy. He said seven Wow. Well, because six six sixty one is what he hit the Arnold. So if he can go seven, let's go seven oh five.
2: I mean, this is going to be the battle of 93s with him and Brandon. So, really, who who has more? So, if he's got 705, I got to think he's improved at 650 squat and 435 bench then. And if he did...
0: Yeah, I'm uh, just looking at it because it's, you know, I mean, it's like... Uh, this is funny with the male side because it seems like they're, uh, they're just regular dudes. Their life doesn't revolve around powerlifting. So, when you go on the Instagram page, it's actually quite nice. You know, it's a lot of pictures of their family and them, you know, uh, enjoying their lives outside of powerlifting. But... I haven't really seen much as far as you know, squat and bench of what he's posting, probably because he just doesn't feel like it. But yeah, that 7 Eleven deadlift that he posted, I just saw it right now. It it was a very good 7 Eleven deadlift, it was at cop standards. Uh, you know, he got the 20 kilo bar going, he got all the looks like he used every single kilo plate that he owned, uh, to deadlift that thing. So yeah, he that that to me is a massive improvement from that, um, 661 that he said at the Arnold, and again. You have those two years that two years we don't really know what a lot of these lifters are doing and what progression that they have there you can make a massive improvement on your total from that time then, yeah absolutely I mean
1: I think uh, I think after the the Arnold I think he had a kid um, which is why he kind of you know stopped competing for a little while and, and now is coming back into it but yeah there's kind of things in your life kind of you know make training take a backseat but it you know, looks like he's coming back stronger than he was before.
0: Mm
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know you're friends with Todd, Marshall. Do you know much about how his training's going? Yeah, so Todd, um,
1: I don't think Todd is going to uh, do anything crazy at this meet. So he's actually weighing pretty light these days. Um, I saw a picture. Now, I don't know if he was just messing with the scale or something, but uh, uh, he he posted a picture of him weighing 182. Um, So we know that he's already well under uh, you know what he needs to weigh, which is quite a bit different from the past, because he normally comes in pretty heavy and has to cut quite a bit.
0: He's a big dude, um,
1: big big dude. Yeah, he is. He is enormous, um, just an enormously jacked dude. But uh, I I do think that we're still going to see a really big bench from Todd. I don't think we're going to see 500 pounds at 83. Um, we might have to wait till Raw Nationals to see that. Uh, but. I think, that, I think that there is the possibility of seeing 217 and a half, uh, which would be an unofficial American record. Um, but, uh, yeah, just because with Todd, I know in the past his, uh, his weight cut has definitely affected his bench. Also just some, uh, you know, I'll just say some poor attempt selection, um, you know, making two big jumps, trying to break his own record by five or ten kilos. Um, but I think at this meet, um, he's got to kind of dialed in. He started working with uh, Marcus, a muscle man, Marcus. Uh, So he's definitely got uh, a little bit smarter programming, a little better attempt selection going on. Uh, But I wouldn't necessarily expect anything too crazy at this meet. I think he's just kind of taking it easy. I've got 440 bench here. That's what he did in his last meet. You think think he's pretty solidly can go over that? I mean, I saw him do a 480 bench yesterday, and he's
2: already underweight. So I would expect more than 440 for sure. Okay. So let's say 470. I think that's pretty competition pause and having to hold it 470, And that's definitely going to change things. Cause that's going to bump him up. I'm going to start while we're talking a little bit, I'm going to start recalculating some good list scores based on the information coming in. Um, I think, well, I mean, one guy that we can definitely see has made some significant improvements is Cody Yeager. Um, yeah. He's been beaten for a while. He used to be one of the top 83 kilo juniors. Um, he ran into a bit of an injury bug with some back issues, but, Based off his training now, I mean, he hit five, his his last meet, he squatted 578 and he just squatted 595 for two and said this week he's shooting for 606 for two. I'm taking that. I do believe he does a decent little cut unless he's maintaining a lower weight than he used to. So I'm going to take that. He can squat 600. Um, Bench is, what do you do? 520 for two, like a 10 RPE. And last meet he hit 402. Deadlift, he says he hit 600 for two, but he didn't post it. But, I mean, again, I mean, that's all going to be some decent PRs over what he did last meet, And if he does that, that's putting him out the, 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 the mid-103 range. And that's where, like, I, I really think it's going to – looking at this, I don't know much about Daniel Morris, but looking at this, it's – if Keith is coming in a little bit over 66, that's going to bring down that good lift score. And I feel like it's going to be between – I think Brandon and Andre are going to be one and two. It's going to be between those two for first and second. And then it's going to be something between Todd, Keith and Cody for that third and fourth spot from what I'm, what I'm saying.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had the uh, pleasure of sharing the platform with Cody Yeager at raw nationals in 2019. And yeah, just based on his numbers right now, big squat and Um And it looks like he's making improvements upon that. So yeah, I could see him potentially getting into that, that uh, top uh, four range there. Um, the guy who I, I think I'm just most curious to see compete is uh, Keith McHoney. To see what he does, like I, I again, I don't have a whole lot of information based on uh, what I see with Instagram, but you know, it's kind of the it's kind of the allure of being a beast world's competitor for such a long time, just kind of bringing that label along with him. And is he gonna? show up
2: and hit his opener completely cold that's the question
0: yeah that's what I was wondering. I'm like ah, that's uh, I hope uh, I hope I get to see some warm-ups from the commentating booth uh, see if he actually just takes any warm-ups
2: yeah for those who don't know Keith is known for not taking any warm-ups and just going on the platform and hitting it and it he's won a world championship doing it so can't can't complain I actually there's actually someone who does my meets doesn't do it anymore but he used to do it he used to do the same thing just showed up hit it cold. Um, that's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, all right. So we've got those top six. I can make some predictions off of this. My one and two, I, I'm the ba- I don't know about the one and two, like the fact that Andre has hit 711 on deadlift leads me to believe that I would need to up his squat and his bench projections, but we just don't know if we could, I would probably say him over Brandon, but I just, I just don't know. I'm not sure. Um, I I like the advantage of Brandon. I don't know if – does Andre have a coach? Um, You know, I'm not sure. So I I just – I'm leaning towards I like the advantage of Brandon having Marcellus in his corner when it comes to attempt selections. They've got to be a little bit more strategic with that because, like I said, they're both weighing – they both are typically light 93s as well. They both weigh in around 202. So body weight-wise, I can't give an advantage. I've got projections now based off of Justin the Deadlift that they're both around like 1790 to 95. I mean, ooh. anyone else want to go first on this? I don't know. Is anyone going to talk me into what I, I should do here?
0: I still have to. I still have to be confident with Brandon uh, with first. I would put Andre as my definite second, but I'm I'm confident Brandon's uh, abilities, and I think I think it, this is his this is his moment. This is his meet to kind of break out into the scene. Uh, winning a primetime meet is big, and also kind of propelling himself as. You know, a uh, contender in the 93s, jumping into that top ten range. I think uh, he's ready for it, uh, and to get, the dude has worked his ass off to get there. Um, so I, I have to put him first. Uh, I'll definitely put Andre uh, Easter second. Um, three and four is kind of my struggle because you know I could like I, I want to give I want to give props to you know Cody and uh, Cody Yeager, but I it's just. Cody, Cody's, Cody and Todd are the only guys like I really know something from. Like, like Keith, I just don't, I just don't know. Uh, and it's, but if you're telling like it, the reputation of hitting openers cold, I don't even think it matters to know what his gym lifts are, right? Like, if you can go and hit openers cold and go at a meet and just kind of do that, just probably shows that he's stronger than most everyone else. So, I think. I think I'll have to go Keith third, and then Todd fourth, and, and Cody. Uh, and uh, you know, I, and I'm I, my I'm rooting for Cody Yeager to get into that three or four spot.
1: Yeah, I like that list. That's a good list. I think uh, I think for me, I think my number one spot, just because I don't think that I can predict that a or that I want to predict a, a Texas lifter coming in and winning it all. <laughs> So I think I have to put Andre first, but I believe in him to, uh, to keep the number one spot in the Carolinas. Uh, so I think I'm going to have to go Andre first and then Brandon second. Third place. Like you said, that's a tough one. Um, cause there's a lot of guys here that could kind of jump, um, you know, between those, between those three, those four, even we didn't really talk about Daniel Morris. Um, I mean, really any of them could jump and take third, uh, but I think that Cody has a lot of momentum going into this, and I think he's got a real shot at, at this. So I'm going to say Cody for third, All right, and then I'm going to say Keith fourth.
2: Who did you say again, Angela? I had Brandon, Andre, oh, Keith, and Thomas. Yeah, Keith, and then you had Keith going fourth, Marshall? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to mix this up because doing some calculations, it changed my mind. So Keith, if he's just going to come in and not – b 74, he's done that and he weighs 151. He did that at the Palmetto Classic in like 2000 some, I think it was early 2020. He weighs 151 and hits the projected total I have that drops him three good lifts, good lift points mm. and takes him down a decent amount. I i would have had him for sure third, but that changed my mind if he signed up for 74 and he's not cutting down because that's only if he cuts down. So I'm and it, if if Todd Talford. Can just hit the squat and the deadlift he's hit before, and then add to his bench. That puts him decently into, into the 105. So I'm going Brandon, Andre, Todd, Cody.
0: All right, that was going to be an interesting, very, uh very different list here. Lots, lots of uh, jostling between positions between the three of us. So that's going to be fun to see uh, how that plays out. Yeah, like I said, you know, if you look at the uh, male competitors, uh, it's deep. Two as far as just interesting competitors uh trey ricard is another guy that i'm very very interested in to see compete he young lifter i believe um so let's see what he can do uh mr and shine dominic Roden, such a good dude and actually making a ton of improvements himself and lift uh his lifts so pretty pretty excited to see him compete too yeah we got i mean there's a lot of
2: guys competing i think mean, we've got probably about 15 or so plus that we didn't fully cover um you never know i i, I wasn't gonna I, I i was sleeping on Brandis day until marshall told me about her gym lifts so there might be one of these guys we're sleeping on and we just don't realize because there are, there's a there's a big chunk bulked around that 88 to like 94 range some not competing since 2019 and so we'll see if some of them make a jump but even with that i mean we got some pretty experienced people up there i mean brandon andre todd keith Again, I just don't know a ton about Daniel since his, his account's private. We just didn't have much information. Uh, he competed in he competed this year already in twenty in in March, so that's why I figure we're not going to see a big leap over those numbers. Um, but obviously, Cody he's been on the national scene too, so we've got some people that have, have been in these kind of big meets before and, and been on this stage. So I, I expect them to be able to perform. But I think like we I mean we saw this at the Midwest Primetime. We we see it at nationals when. You are truly competing and not just putting up your own numbers. Things happen. Yeah, like It becomes a different game when you got to start making a tip selections for, for hitting the best good lift score. Um, and we saw a lot of people not hit what they were expecting at the Midwest primetime. Yeah. Uh, I think Angelo is the only one. And I mean, you did, for the most part, you YOLO that third deadlift since you already won. I mean, you would have put together probably a little bit of a different total. But, I mean, we saw a lot of people not put together what they thought they would because – they, they were they were going off of attempt selection to, to, for placing. So we a lot of times see um, a little less done on the platform because of that. Like they don't, we don't see their top end because they're, they're having to think more than just what can I hit.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm very curious to see how the uh, attempt selections play out. And also, yeah, just taking into consideration um, the attempt selection from coaches, the experienced ones I'm, I'm more confident in with, uh, with their coaches and kind of playing that game. With playing the uh, the attempt selection game that is quite important in USAPL meets, uh, one thing that I think makes the federation uh, a little bit more unique than the other ones is how people play out the numbers.
1: Yeah, and I think the uh, I think the warm up room at this meet is going to be very uh, very interesting, right? Because you have a lot of um, you know kind of coaches that, that that everyone knows that are going to uh, be handling their athletes, right? Like. Uh, from what I've heard, Marcellus is going to be there handling his athletes. Um, I believe that Charlie Dixon is going to be handling Cody. I'm not 100% sure on that. That's just kind of what I've heard. Um, so, you know, I, I think this is going to be quite an interesting uh, warm-up room where you actually have kind of strategy going on and certain people watching other people warming up, uh, you know, and and have things going on there.
0: Well, I'm planning on going uh, on IT Live uh, prior to the meet, so... Um... I can maybe possibly get some on-the-fly interviews with some of those people uh, in the warm-up room. Really looking forward to that. But, yeah, uh, so you know what? That's going to do it for our preview. I am looking forward to this meet. We have a lot of great things to look forward to. Uh, Marshall, thank you for coming on Two White Lights. And um, I know this meet took a lot of uh, work uh, from you, but also some of the sponsors. So if you'd like to give them a shout-out right now, uh, you are totally totally able to do that
1: yeah of course i mean the sponsors are really uh the only way that this kind of meet can have the, the spectacle that it does right um so uh all of our our, our top sponsors of course we have 110 percent uh barbell dream just peachy fitness and what was our other one i know we have another team Roar. oh of course i got up
2: i've got them up, got them up right. now so.
1: yeah and then our uh our, our gold level sponsors of course we have uh two white lights there uh, Unbound Media is doing our, our pictures, Mountains Move, which is one of our other, uh, I guess, co-co-meet director, um, and then A7, also at that gold level. Uh, so really, you know, all of those have been super helpful and not only involved in, uh, you know, helping finance the meet, but also I think every single sponsor is contributing to the meet in some way, right? So like Two White Lights, Angelo, you know, we're, you're going to be there at the meet commentating, um, you know, we're going to have Kevin from One Hundred and Ten. actually they're announcing you know, So pretty much everyone is going to be involved in some way beyond just, you know, Hey, we want to sponsor the meet. Here's the money. Right. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, which I really like and has been made my job a little bit easier.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm very excited to see their, uh, call of the action. As soon as you made that Instagram page, I remember I just saw Carolina primetime pop up. I messaged Steve I'm like, yo, check it out. looks like we're going to have another one. And, uh, now that it's actually happening, man, I'm very excited. I'm very happy to see you take the bull by the horns there and kind of dictate what you want to see in the sport. I think powerlifting needs more of that, and I think we're getting it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I'll say two white lights has been a huge part of that, I think. You know, um, I can't necessarily speak for other meat directors, but for me, you know, the whole idea of it being a primetime meet came from the show, right? It came from just listening to you guys talk about it and, you know, hearing from, from Steve running his meet. So it's really cool for me to kind of come full circle, you know, being a huge fan of the show and taking a lot of inspiration from it to now, you know, being on is, is really cool for me.
0: Yep, Uh, appreciate you saying that. Hopefully more meat directors and more people within the USAPL, cough, cough, USAPL Illinois, uh, make sure you guys that, are listening to two white lights. Does that so. even exist? <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying for it to exist. Well, cause you need to be USAPL Illinois. That's what it needs to be. I know. So if they're listening, make me run that Instagram page you guys don't have yet. Let me post some things and let me try to work out some deals with search to Levels and try to get some meets there because that's how you're going to grow USAPL in Illinois. But I digress. I don't want to make this about me. Uh, um, uh, yeah. Again, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, uh, Carolina Prime Time is going to be this Saturday. And uh, what time does it start? Uh, 10 a.m. All right, Eastern.
2: Fantastic. I assume we'll probably do white lights. We'll post a live stream link somewhere. Swipe up on um, Angelo's account. I'm sure. Go to Marshall's account or the Carolina
0: Primetime account.
2: I'm sure it's going to be posted all over. So, yeah,
0: all yeah. the competitors too. Follow them. They're probably going to do the whole uh, you know link and bio kind of thing too. So hopefully we can find that link uh, on so many different uh, power Linter's, uh Instagram pages. So I will see you Saturday. I'm going to be flying in Friday night and. I'm excited to commentate again. Marshall, thank you for coming on 2 Yeah, Thank you for having me. All right, we'll see you guys Friday with our third installation of the USAPL Raw Nationals preview show. Peace.